that God has plans for you. Hallelujah. My Bible tells me that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask of things. Hallelujah. But you just have to believe for it. You just have to believe for it. Does anybody believe this morning that God has plans for you? They say this mountain can't be moved. They say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like we do. There is power in your name. Yeah. We've heard that there is no way seen what you can do. There is power in your name. So much power in your name. Move the immovable. Break the unbreakable. God, we believe. God, we believe. Forever. From the 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, this morning we are believing for the impossible. If you are here this morning and you have an impossible, if you are here this morning and you know someone that has an impossible, we're going to ask that you stand in proxy for them. We're going to, we're so excited that you are here this morning, but we have gathered to set our hearts and our minds on Jesus. Andrea opened us up when we had our team meeting and she said, this is the most wonderful time of the year, but life is really lifing. And for some of us, it is lifing on overflow. And so we're just going to go to the throne. I ask you to join in with me or pray your own prayer. You know, our God has the capacity that I can pray and you can pray and they can pray. And he hears it all. And Isaiah says, before we open our mouths to pray, he hears us. And while we are speaking, he is answering us. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and everlasting Father, we bring our impossibles to you right now. And we are so reminded in this season that you came, Jesus, for such a time as this. Oh, God, we commit this entire service to you. We say, have your way. Holy Spirit, sit with us. And, Lord, every impossible situation that has not even been uttered in this place, every broken dream, every disappointment, we lay it on the altar. And, Lord, we roll the care of it over so that we have freedom to worship you today, freedom to believe in you, freedom to see you do the impossible. Oh, God, it is a good day for a miracle. It is a good day for us to see you do the exceedingly abundantly above and beyond the beyond because you are God we commit this service to you have your way you are welcome in this place it is in Jesus mighty matchless everlasting faithful healing delivering ever ever present precious name of Christ we pray amen and amen. Some of y'all, it feels like it's just a little, little, you know, we just still waking up. But honey, we are among the land of the living and we will praise him today. I command this atmosphere for Jesus. I say, oh God, you'll be lifted up. And Lord Jesus, you said, if you'll be lifted up, you will draw all men unto you. Oh, people of God, shake off the heavy weight. Shake off the heavy weight. We know life is lifing. We got the Segovias in the house. We just laid Miss Brenda to rest yesterday. And when I saw Alex, I said, can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. He's still showing up. He's still showing up. He's still showing up. And because he's showing up, God's going to show up for him. Because you've shown up, God's going to show up for you. So I'm not trying to just get you to act like we had a football game. But I want you to take a deep breath and say, God, I'm here. That means I have a chance to get it right. God, I'm here. That means I have a chance to see you do something. And so we will praise him today, people. We will praise him. And every hindering, heavy spirit, we just take authority over it right now. And we lose the spirit of peace. We lose the spirit of comfort. We lose the spirit of joy in this place. We lift up your name, Jesus. And so we lift up joy. Oh, God, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh, God, I cover our people. God, these are our babies that you have entrusted to us. Do for them what we can't do, oh God. We come against that spirit of heaviness, that spirit of hopelessness, that thing that says, I am not seen and I am not loved. Jesus, 
be exactly who you are in demonstration today through your word. It is in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Good morning. You can go ahead and have a seat. You can go ahead and say good morning. Well, thank you so much for each of you uh, joining us. We know it's kind of been a, a gloomy weekend. It could have been very tempting to just roll over and stay in bed. So we are so glad that you came out and joined us this morning. Um, good morning to our, or good afternoon, whenever they, they view it, for our virtual family online as well. If it's your first time with us, we are so thankful that you decided to check us out this morning. If it is your first time, please stop by um, our Welcome Center after service. We have a little gift for you. It's our way of saying thank you for joining us. We just want to get your name and make sure that, that we greet you and, and get to know you. So make sure you stop by the Welcome Center after service. Also, if you are not following us on social media, media yet, please do, at We Are Converge, except on TikTok, we're at Converge Church. Um, that's the, the quickest, best way to get updates on what's going on here at Converge Church. So again, at We Are Converge um, on most of the handles, and then at Converge Church on TikTok. Last but not least, um, our students are meeting in the rail, um, the room back there, every second and fourth Sunday. So if you have middle school, high school age student, they are having a great time back there. They're getting blessed, they're learning about the word, but they're also just having fun. So make sure you bring your students out the second and fourth, really every Sunday, but they get to, to huddle back there together on uh, the second and fourth Sundays. And the rest is for you, Andrea. Thank you, Cassie. Good morning, everyone. So we also want to make you guys aware of a couple of things that we have going on. The first thing is we are in the middle of our winter clothing drive. So if you have some new clothing or some gently used clothing that you would like to donate, it is going to benefit our brothers and sisters that are experiencing homelessness right here in our community. We are collecting your donations every Sunday, uh, either before or after service. We have some receptacles out in the lobby. And again, it's going to be on Sundays only, and it's going to be through next Sunday. So next Sunday will be our last Sunday to do this. It's not too late to clean your closets out. Bring your new and gently used clothing items to donate and bless, be a blessing to our brothers and sisters right here in McKinney. We also want to make you aware that we are going to have an outreach opportunity next Saturday, the 17th, uh, in partnership with Above All Things. It's our Christmas toy giveaway. We have been saying, and we will be getting the information on the specific timing to you. There are some things that are we're working out behind the scenes with Above All Things, but we are going to be doing our Christmas toy giveaway next Saturday right here at Converge. So please stay tuned. As Cassie said, connect with us on social media or um, sign up to get our emails. That's how you guys are going to get that information. So just stay connected with us and we will get that information to you. I am going to now hand things off to Pastor Jesse for our Blessed Life segment. Thank you guys so much. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Come on, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. His name is Jesus. Let me tell you one more time. His name is Jesus. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that his name is what? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming today. We're excited that you're here. We're going to ask you that you continue to worship with us. The Bible says that we are to bring everything that we own, our first fruits, bring everything that we own to Jesus and that he would bless us. And so we want to ask you this morning to continue to worship with us in our tithes and the giving of our offerings. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand and the ushers will get you an envelope. 
Please fill the envelope. Some also some envelopes in the back of the seats if you need one. You can get one from there as well. Please fill the envelope out in its entirety. We would certainly appreciate it. That's so that we can properly annotate your giving. There are a couple of ways, a few other ways that you can give. You can also give by texting 77977 and the dollar amount there you can give as well. You can also give by downloading our app. We have an app that you can download, the Converge app, and you can click on the Give icon at the bottom, and you can give that way as well. You can also give online, and you can also give through Cash App, and you can also give through Zelle. So we appreciate all that you do. Remember, giving is a worship. It's not a coming to give some money to the church. It's about worshiping God with how he has blessed you in your life. And so we thank you so much for being a part of our worship as we give unto the Lord. His name is Jesus. That's his name. Amen. All right. Well, bow your heads and let's pray for our giving today, the offering that we bring to Jesus. Heavenly Father, you've been so good and so kind and so wonderful to us. And God, we ask you today to bless the people who give, and we ask you today to bless the offerings that we bring. God, we bring because we want to bring. We bring, God, because we're happy about bringing. We bring, God, because we want to worship you with our first fruits this morning. God, you teach us to bring the tithes, and you teach us to bring the offerings, God, to the storehouse. And so, God, we do that today, God, hilariously. We give it, God, cheerfully. God, we thank you so much. That that you have blessed us and that we have the opportunity to give. God, bless it. We're believing, God, that we're going to see souls saved. We're believing, God, that we're going to see your plan and your purpose fulfilled in the kingdom of God and right here at Converge Church. God, thank you so much. Bless your people as we give this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Aren't you glad for the promise of John chapter 10 and verse 10? Amen. That Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. All righty. Well, as I mentioned in week one of our sermon series, Christmas Stories, one of my favorite things that I get to do uh, at least twice a year is tag team with my beautiful wife, my mocha princess, Pastor Wendy. And uh, today is no different. Uh, we're going to dive into the Word together as we kick off week three of our current sermon series, Christmas Stories. Uh, we've been going through this countdown uh, to Christmas, and for those of us uh, 
who come from a more traditional background, uh, Advent has always been a part of our tradition. In fact, I uh, grew up Episcopalian, and we would always celebrate Advent. And as we celebrated Advent over the last three weeks, or our hearts, prepared our hearts for Christmas, uh, we've really focused on these four themes of Advent. Uh, in week one, we talked about hope. Scripture says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but what dream that is fulfilled brings great joy. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, joy, actually, uh, and uh, the choice to rejoice. Uh, today, we're going to tackle a third theme of Advent, which is peace. Amen? When Jesus uh, was born, or the night Jesus was born, the angels came pronouncing and announcing that at the birth of Jesus, there would be peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Now, while it is true that this is the most wonderful time of the year, it can also be one of the most trying times of the year when the enemy will try to steal our peace. We're going to talk a little bit this morning about how to protect, how to guard your peace this holiday season. Amen. Pastor Wendy, why don't you greet the people and then we'll dive into the word together. Greetings, people. We are just so. <laughs> so that is my inner thoughts. When he says greet the people, I always want to say greetings, people. We are very excited that you are here. Uh, we also have some special guests with us. We see uh, Mrs. White is here. Brian's mom is here visiting. Yes, all the way from Arkansas. Yes. Come on, somebody. So we're very grateful for that. And then we have lifelong friends. Has it been 20 years yet? If Levi Close. is. So it's got to be 16 years we've been friends. So we've got uh, Lonnie. Lonnie and Amy. I was about to say, I don't know what I was about to say. Lonnie <laughs> and Amy Robbins here in the house. Yes. And so they're visiting all the from, way from Austin. Yes, all the way from Austin, yes. Texas. Yes, and Amen. so thank you. And then we have um, still some guests. Some of the Segovia Aziz family are still here. Yeah. So Anthony is in the house. Yes. Welcome. And so we're very glad to have all of you. And if I've missed you, I promise you, we will hug your neck after church. So we're just very, very grateful. Uh, in the life of, of Converge, we've just had some, some tremendous lifing. And so even as we sit before you talking about peace today, we are speaking from a place that we are walking out. You know, even in church leadership, you will have life and you can expect it. But when you love people, we've had uh, three losses so far this year. And so, you know, that's tough. And we've had members. I know Marcus is in the back. Uh, there's been some loss. And so the peace that we'll be sharing with you today is the peace that we are presently Pastor Ray and I partaking in. So we want you to just take your notes, take out your phone, do whatever you need to do. You'll be able to play this back later. But just know we're not sitting up on the throne telling you, you people need to have peace. We're saying, can you link arms with us? Because we are reaching for this peace. We are reaching, digging deep in our faith. Like, okay, God, we know you are God. But uh, like, what's up? You know, and so we keep our eyebrows lifted, keep a prayer on our lips, but we're going to dive in this together. Amen. Let's pray. Can we do that? Yes. Amen. Father, we come to you in the name that is above every other name, the strong, matchless name of Jesus. Father, in this moment, I, I don't know everything that 
everyone's experiencing. But God, you know. Your word declares you know what things we have need of even before we ask. So, Father, for those silent, unspoken prayers this morning, we ask for your grace. Father, meet us where we are. Meet us right where we are. And, Lord, would your peace overtake us this morning. Lord, I pray that because, again, I just sense that there might be some this morning overwhelmed by the vicissitudes of life. Lord, would you visit us now with your presence, with your peace, and with your power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All righty. I'm being clumsy up here too. Whoosh. All righty. Y'all know I admitted to you guys that I think better on my feet. I think that's part of my struggle this morning. I want to get up and pace because it seems like when my feet are moving, I think better. My thoughts uh, flow freely, I but I, I'm going to be good. Uh, when you wear Christmas plaid pants, <laughs> they just be on full display. This is your one shot, third <sighs> Sunday. So I think we just need to see the full effect. That, that's I mean, what we have you? I will move my chair back and let no. you have your way because you got. <laughs> He got the European cut and his Easter shoes on Christmas <laughs> Sunday. Come on, baby. Let wow. me see what you're working with. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So, uh, we, 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 because the Holy Spirit is here. Whenever you hear Sister Susan, you can say it without getting You know that that is one that is anointed, wow. so you may stand up, my king. Well, Vicissitude, say it again. Vicissitude. Yeah, that, see, anointing. Anointing. <laughs> You can take vicissitudes with red pants on and no socks. Yeah. <laughs> to be, to be, <laughs> to be totally honest, yes. uh, my struggle with getting up with these European cut pants is when I, <laughs> when I was walking into the church this morning, Levi notified me how ashy my ankles were. And I didn't have an opportunity to, to grab lotion some lotion my for my ankles. You see how I got my legs crossed? Yeah. But see, it, it, you won't be able to see it. See, the flocking, the flocking, the flocking. It'll, it'll flow with the flocking. It'll be a white on white. It'll be white crime. on white. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But you can say, wow. I, anybody can say vicissitudes on a Sunday morning. They can have ashy ankles. You know, it's just some things that just get you access. Yeah, you just be free. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Wow. Wow. Laughter do with good like a medicine. I, we need Amen. to pray again, right? Yeah. And bring it back in. But see, if you sit down, then you're just going to be quenching the Holy Spirit. So <laughs> I just think you need to be free. Come as you are. Come as I am. Amen. All right, here we go. Matthew chapter number two. Freedom! Yes! <laughs> Freedom, she said. Matthew chapter 2 is our anchor text this morning. Uh, why don't you turn with me there in your Bibles, uh, for those of you who have your Bibles with you. If not, the text will be on the screen. Matthew chapter 2, I'll begin reading at verse number 1. The title of today's message is simply Peace on Earth. This is the promise of God to his people that at the advent of Jesus, the coming of Jesus, uh, it would be characterized by his peace. The presence of his peace, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. 
I'll read about 14 verses, or I might skip around to give context to the thoughts that we're going to share this morning as we look to God's word. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For, you, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring word to me that I may come and worship him also. And when they, when they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was born. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Turn with me now to Luke chapter number two. Luke chapter number two. Luke chapter number 2, which is our second reference this morning as we look to God's word together. Luke chapter number 2, beginning at verse number 8. Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. This is the inspiration for that timeless Christmas carol, Silent Night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I will bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, here it is, verse number 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Today, Pastor Wendy and I are going to walk you through an acrostic or an acronym for the word peace. And as we walk you through this acrostic or this acronym, we'll discover some principles from God's word on how you can protect your peace in difficult times. So here it is. Uh, peace is defined as freedom from disturbance. It's also defined as tranquility 
and a state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended. How many of you could use some time without disturbances? Disruption free. Interruption free. That is peace defined. But when I saw this definition of peace, I wrestled with it. Because this definition of peace doesn't align with the biblical definition of peace. The definition I just read to you is what Jesus referred to as peace as this world gives. And that's the kind of peace we often pursue. A worry-free life, a pain-free life, a disturbance-free life, an interruption-free life, and that's the kind of peace we want. Yet biblical peace is finding calm in the midst of our chaos. This promise of peace is not a promise that everything in our lives will go according to our script. What the angels are announcing to the shepherds, and as a consequence to us today, is that biblical peace means that in the midst of our chaos and in the midst of our pain, we can still find God at work. Notice what Jesus says in John chapter 14 and verse 27. These are the words in red. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Here it is. Not as the world gives. Do I give to you? And then he says, let not your heart be troubled. Why would Jesus tell us for our hearts not to be troubled if we, he was promising a disturbance-free life? He was saying, in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your trouble, let not your heart be troubled because I am at work and I am with you as you go through the fire and through the flood. The version of Isaiah 41 that we want for our lives is we want Isaiah to say, um, when you go around the fire, the fire won't burn you. And when you go around the flood, the flood won't overwhelm you. No, no. Isaiah says, I am the Lord your God. I have redeemed you and I've called you by name. That means I know you and I know everything about you. And I know everything that you're going through and everything you will ever go through. And then he says, prophetically, declaring the word of the Lord. Listen, when you go, he didn't even say if. He says, when you go through the fire, it will not consume you. When, not if, when you go through the flood, it will not overwhelm you. I'm talking about the peace of God that passes all understanding. The promise is we have exchanged secular peace for biblical peace. And then we don't understand 
the source of our frustration with God. Because we assign what the world promises as peace, disturbance-free life, peacetime, no war. We have confused that and exchanged that for the promise of peace that Jesus gives us, calm in the midst of your chaos. Listen to me. One day Jesus says to his disciples, let's go to the other side. And while they're going to the other side, listen to me. They were in the middle of the will of God when the storm arose. There are some of us who think that because things are falling apart, that somehow we have missed the will of God. But his 12 disciples were in the boat with him, and while they were with Jesus, not absent of Jesus, with Jesus, the storm arose while they were doing God's will to the point where the boat began to fill with water. And listen to me. Anybody remember what Jesus was doing? Come on, I got some Bible students here. Jesus was asleep in the stern of the boat. I'm talking about peace that Jesus gives. Come in the midst of your chaos. Jesus didn't say, let's go to the other side and it's going to be smooth sailing. So his disciples try to wake him up. And you know what they say? Listen to me, the storms and the vicissitudes. Come on, somebody, of life. You better preach today. Ashy ankles. Come on, somebody. Listen to me. Listen to me. Here it is, here it is, here it is. The storms of life, they come to cause us to question one of two things. They come to cause us to question what God said. Because when you're in the middle of the river, in the middle of the lake, and the storm arises, the first question is, did God really say? Because if God really said, let's go to the other side, I wouldn't find myself in the middle of a storm. The storms of life cause us to question what God said. Whew. I know I took this job. God, I prayed about it. You said, take the job. And I'm dealing with all this mayhem? No, God didn't tell me. No, no, God did tell you. God, I prayed about this thing. You told me to move halfway across the country, and I moved. Why is it so hard? He promised us peace. Come on, y'all see that? I almost fell over. Y'all saw how I caught myself? <laughs> That's that Billy Elliot anointing. <laughs> Come on, I almost fell. Caught myself. Listen to me. Second thing, second thing the enemy, those vicissitudes of life will cause to happen in your life is they will cause you to question if God cares. Notice the words of the disciples when they went to wake Jesus. Master, do you not care that we're perishing? The storms of life will cause you to question, did God really say this? Because we're about to die doing what God said. And if Jesus, if you really cared, you would be awake with us right now, scooping this water out the boat. But you are asleep on my situation. Notice what Jesus said. While the boat's filling with water, he turns to his disciples in response. 
And he says to them, didn't I tell you we were going to the other side? Listen to me. The peace that comes from God rests in what God said. So that nothing that happens in between what God said and what I'm experiencing changes what God said. Are you listening to me? Even if the boat is full of water, Jesus said to his disciples, what did I tell you? Didn't I tell you we'll go to the other side? This boat filling with water will not change what I said. Biblical peace finds calm in the midst of our chaos. So here it is. Here it is. If you're going to protect your peace this holiday season, first P is one of those things that if we knew how powerful and how essential it really is, we would do it more often. Y'all ready for this? Pray. The reason we have prayerless Christians is because we don't recognize how powerful our prayers are. Because if we truly recognize how powerful our prayers are, we would do it more often. You've heard me say it to, before. Who you turn to in the first in your crisis determines where you've placed your trust. And if the first person you talk, turn to is your friends, big mama, your boss, someone with means, it simply reveals where you've placed your trust. In the midst of your chaos, have you learned to go vertical first? And that's why we say here at Converge Church, if it's small enough for you to worry about, it's big enough for you to pray about. Most of us have exchanged prayer for worry. And notice what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. This is from the New Living Translation. Notice what he says. He says, don't worry about anything. May I, may I, may I just submit to you, worrying about it hasn't changed a thing. Tell me one thing your sleepless nights have changed about your situation. Paul is dealing with the futility, the futility of worry. And he says, instead of worrying about it, pray about it. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done already. Sometimes you just need to rehearse and relive what God has already done. Sometimes prayer is simply asking God for an encore. Y'all didn't hear what I said. When you go to a concert and you hear your favorite artist, before they walk off that stage, 
Everybody gets on their feet and they ask for what? And sometimes prayer is simply asking God for an encore. Do it again. It says, then you will experience what? How do I experience God's peace? Not about worrying about it. I experience the peace of God by praying about it. And notice his peace. God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And that peace is going to do something. It's going to guard your heart. And it's going to guard your mind in Christ Jesus. If I'm going to protect my peace, I'm going to pray. And let me say this as I transition to Pastor Wendy. There is an often ignored facet of prayer, and it's called communion. Not petition, where you're asking God for stuff. But just communing with God. Just sitting in his presence. And that's why the scripture says in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, you will keep him or her in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Meaning, when I fix my attention and I fix my focus on God and I commune with God and I stay connected with God, the result is his peace. And notice he says perfect peace. It's the Hebrew word shalom, and it's repeated in the text. I will give them shalom, shalom. Perfect peace. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. The problem with most of us, when we approach prayer, we think that prayer is about a place we go. Well, I, I got to go to my prayer closet. And right now, it's not convenient for me to go to my prayer closet. Sometimes we think that prayer is a posture. I got to find a place where I can get on my knees, where I can fall. Help me with this word. Prostrate. Before, I, I mix these words up all the time. Forgive me. Where I can fall prostrate before the Lord. And so this is what we do. We delay prayer. Because we say, I'm not in my prayer closet. I'm not in a place where I can kneel or lay prostrate. Yet Paul says, pray without ceasing. Listen to me, pray without ceasing. Was Paul saying, spend 24 hours a day in your prayer closet? No. Praying without ceasing means I stay connected to God. Communing with him. Thinking about him. Talking to him. Cultivating a lifestyle of intimacy with God. When you're driving down the road, 30 minutes from where you work to, your, to where you, I mean, where you live to where you work, commune with God. Turn off the Steve Harvey morning show. Talk to God and let God talk to you. And let me tell you why that's important. Whatever you keep your mind on, you stay in contact with. The problem with most of us is we're trying to fix our feelings without fixing our focus. Oh, God, take this worry and anxiety from me. God said, fix your focus. Focus on me. Set your affection on me. And in return, in exchange for your attention, I'll give you my peace. 
communion with the Father. Pastor Wendy reminded me, she said, baby, baby, every time you have a moment when you're not talking to somebody or doing something, you always, like, whispering stuff, like talking. Say, even in, in the car when we're not talking, I hear you pray. It's communion with God. Because whatever you stay in, whatever you think about, you stay in contact with. And here it is, Pastor Wendy, get ready. Your life will always move in the direction of your most dominant thought. So what's consuming your thoughts this holiday season? Is it the God of peace? Or is it the disturbances you're trying to navigate? If you're going to protect your peace prioritize prayer and the kind of prayer we're talking about is praying without ceasing communion with God because his promise in Isaiah 26 and 3 is I will keep him or her in perfect peace perfect peace whose mind is fixed on me I think I have it in the voice translation here it is you will keep the peace a perfect peace for all who trust in you, for those who dedicate their hearts and minds to you. Pastor Wendy. That was a good word. Thank you, baby. That is something when we talked about, uh, we did our notes separately and then we got together. And I don't know if he realized it, but for 25 years when I met him in Bible school, if he is not talking to somebody or focus on something, he's just always praying, always, 25 years, always praying. When I tell you the story, when I saw him walking with his head down across campus before I knew his name, he had his head down and he was praying. And I, I realized when we were going over our notes last night, I was thinking to myself, that's why our lives are so blessed. Is because as the head of our house, we are always covered. Yeah. And sometimes he'll be, you know, deep in thought, and then he'll apologize. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then I've told him, I don't like for you to feel jumpy like that. Do what you need to, to do. And I, I didn't all the way realize it, but I don't know if you realize that. When you are not focused on something, you are always praying. And when life happens to us now, I'm making the connections especially when we're do, going over the, through the process of this building, every time we didn't close, he would always say, God is faithful. Every time the brokers called and said, hey, we, we're not closing or text him, he sent a scripture back of faith. And I think that is because you have been such a wonderful example of what it means to commune with God. Now, I don't want you to think, oh, well, he's a pastor. He does that. Before he was ever a pastor, that is what he cultivated. And this is what prayer is. It is talking to God. Like you talk to your friend. You don't have to know a scripture. You don't have, you just talk to him. However, so, I'm so glad to be your wife. I'm going to marry you, you all over again next Saturday. <laughs> After the toy outreach. All right, the E... <laughs> that I have uh, been entrusted with is encounters. That is the word I came up with. Uh, to maintain our peace, we must seek daily encounters 
with the Lord. I'm not talking about anything sensational, falling out, praying in tongues, rolling around. I'm not talking about a feeling. But there is a part that we are responsible for in a two-way relationship with God. And I think sometimes church leadership has been at fault and not uh, showing us that we have a responsibility. There is a part to do. What God is not, out of all the things he is, he is not this Disney fairy that is just going to show up with a magic wand and sprinkle some glitter over you and things are going to be okay. It is not God's re sole responsibility. He's made us. He loves us. It is not his sole responsibility to be in fellowship with us. He is watching over us. He is keeping us. If you are a parent, you don't even have to be a parent. You know what it's like for a relationship to be just one-sided. I mean, Nia would not get half the things that she gets if all she called us for was tuition and spending money. Right. Because it would be like she has minimized our relationship to just provision only. But when she calls to talk about the roommate or she calls to say, oh, we're going to the, she called all the way from Boston to say, can I go to Salem with my friends? I was like, I don't know what's in Salem, but some old <laughs> witch hunts, but what's in Salem <laughs> that you want to go see? Right. And she said, it's beautiful this time of the year. I was like, the devil stomper in me says no, but you're 18, you're out of the house. And you called all the way home to ask, yes, I'm going to put you some anointing oil in the mail. I need you to anoint yourself <laughs> before you walk out of the dorm. But, yes, you can go. Amen. Our relationship is not just based off of what she needs. And so there is a responsibility we have to seek encounters with God. Uh, on Friday, I went to work, and I have the best team in the whole wide world, my fourth grade team. And one of them, uh, she came to me and she said, Harmon, where were you when I needed you? I was making coffee in the front, but that's where I was. She was like, oh, I needed you. She said, last night, this was Thursday, it wasn't Friday, because she had gone to Bible study on Wednesday night at her church. She said, last night when I went to Bible study, the Bible study teacher was teaching about something and about the goodness of God, and I just was thinking about my life, and I thought, oh, yes, he's good. Her faith background, the, the tradition is not um, her, her church. They don't play a lot of music. They do sing hymns, but that's it. But because of what her Bible study teacher taught, she decided, oh, I think I remember this song. I think it's called Awesome God. She said, and on the way to work, I put in Awesome God. She said, girl, I started crying and everything. Mm -hmm. She said, because I thought, oh, my life has been so good. Yeah. He's been so good. Mm -hmm. And when she doesn't realize in her whole testimony, she sought out just a song, but encountered the yeah. living God. So good. So good. She sought out, I, I'm making a connection, the, my Bible study, and something that was the Holy Spirit of God in her saying, yes, he's been good. And it caused her to look back over her life. She said, I hadn't been through some of the things I've been through. I was like, if you want me to run in this building, just keep talking. Just, and she said, <laughs> and I just let her keep talking. She said, I mean, even with me and my husband, and she was in that moment, look, at, and it was the encounter. Yeah. And it was so, even though she doesn't even come from a faith tradition, well, seeking out a song would be 
her first response. She sought out a song, and bam, Jesus was right there in the car. Good. So then I decided when she finished to put a little sugar on the top. I said, girl, have you heard the song by C.C. Winans, All My Life You've Been Faithful? So my kids are coming in now, but that's okay. It was still, I still had three minutes left before school started. So I played a little bit. She said, that right there, I need it in my life. And I said, oh, I have another one. So I've been sending her YouTube songs. And it's just because she sought out a song but came in contact with the living God. That's good. First Chronicles 16:11 in the NIV says, "Look to the Lord and his strength. Good. Seek his face always. Encounter." James 4 and 8, A, that A means that it's the first part of the scripture. The rest of the scripture is strong talk, but that wasn't the point I was supposed to make. So if you look it up, it might hit your pinky toe, but it's okay. We're just going to fix, start with <laughs> a part. We're going to stay on part A. It says, "Come close to God." Mm. And God will come close to you. So good. Psalm 14, 2 out of the New Living Translation says, The Lord looks down from heaven mm. on the entire human race. He looks to see who is truly wise if anyone seeks God. Mm. Do you know that's the beginning of wisdom, seeking God? Mm. Psalm 105 and 4 says, Search for the Lord and for his strength. Yeah. Continually seek him. Mm. Everybody say, I've got a part to play. I've got a part to play. You can be, you can say, oh, God, do you see me down here? And he does. But we have a part to play. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes as humans and as parents, if somebody starts crying, that just gets us up and makes us move. Let me tell you, Jesus, he loves us, but he is not moved mm. by tears. Mm. It's unfortunate, but he, that, that doesn't move him. You know what moves God is faith. Mm -hmm. And you don't even have to have big faith. You could just, just have a, like a, will you? Yeah. Could you? Is Mustard it season. possible? Even mm -hmm. if I try? That's, that's all you need. That is what moves God. We must do our part. There is an ebb and flow to our relationship with God. He d I do my part, he does his part. I guess I should have started. He does his part, I do my part. He does his part, I do my part. It is a relationship. And we're going to see that, that even through examples in the Bible, that there is a part we must play in our encounter with God. Zacchaeus desperately wanted to see Jesus out of Luke 19. You know what he did? He was a short man. He ran ahead of the crowd and climbed a tree. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to encounter. Yeah, good. That in protecting our peace, we've got to seek that out. Maybe it's a song. You may not have tears like my coworker. Nothing may happen, but you are. Remember the picture that we talked about some weeks back. It is almost like, you know, when a toddler starts wa walking, we don't hold their hand the whole time. They don't get any strength in their muscle formation if we hold their hand the whole time. We set them on their feet and we walk. Come on. Come on. We're there to catch them, but we're still wooing them. God is not playing games with you. He is actually building spiritual muscle in you, but you have a part to play. Nicodemus mm. came to Jesus after dark one evening, John 3. Mm. Nicodemus, he waited till it was dark. He was like, all right, okay, let's talk about this. It's all right if you wait till you're by yourself. Mm. 
It's all right if you wait till dark to seek God. Nicodemus did his part. He went and sought the Lord. Here's another. The, the Bible says, let every word be established by two or three witnesses. Bartimaeus. Mm. Bartimaeus was blind. Yeah. And he began to cry out. And I really wanted to spend some time on this story to show us how we have our part to play. God does his part. I do my part. God does his part. I do my part. In Mark 10, verses 46 through 52, it says, Then they reached Jericho, and Jesus and his disciples left town. A large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Look at verse 48. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. Have a picture of life circumstances. You don't need to go to church. Just be quiet. Do, just get you a drink. Let's just, just, many people yelled at, he was minding his own business. Mm. He heard about Jesus and did his part. Mm. It says he yelled and you will have aggressive opposition in your faith. Mm. Hmm. Let's look at what Bartimaeus did. Mm. But he only shouted louder encounter son of david have mercy on me he didn't say why did you make me blind Mm. Mm. yeah if you're good why did you do this Mm. if you're the son of god why am i suffering Mm. no he said have mercy on me Mm. so they called the blind man they said oh it says when jesus heard him he stopped in his tracks for yeah, transaction. Yeah, Remember yeah. when I just told you God is not moved by tears? Mm. Bartimaeus is crying out. Guess what that cry was saying? Oh, I've heard about this man named Jesus, mm-hmm. and just maybe he can change my circumstance. He didn't even know. He's crying out in hopes and opposition is saying, shut up. Mm. And it says he cried the louder. I I submit to you, because I got this from my husband, my pastor, that the faith walk in Jesus is the single most situation where you can keep doing the same thing over and over and get a different result. Absolutely. And see, when they had either it was Newton or Einstein or one of them, and it says that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah, if you're doing the wrong thing and you're doing the wrong thing over and over and expecting some good to come out of it. But, oh, trusting God. Yeah. Trusting God. Notice when Bartimaeus first yelled out, God didn't stop. Jesus didn't stop. People were saying, shut up, be quiet. It says, and he yelled even more. I'm sure Jesus heard him the first time. How big is your want to? That's it. That's it. That's it. How much are we going to trust God? Good. 
And I'm speaking with such passion because the whole time I'm speaking to you, I remember all the times when I have said in my own heart and out of my mouth, you know what? Being saved is just like a lottery, and I guess I got the bad numbers. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to level the playing field and not look so holy. Mm. And it's even on video. I gave a video testimony. When our marriage hit the brick wall, I was like, you know what? This thing, this serving Jesus, it it must not really work. Mm. I wasn't even believing the thing I was professing about. So when I was going through this scripture, I'm so glad for a God that loved me enough. He just kept keep coming. That's Come good. on. And That's I have I'd stumbled about the last 20 years. I, I have just been stumbling. Mm. Oh, but I know something about him now. Come on. Come on. Oh, when I couldn't cry any louder, he still was saying, Come on. Come on. When I wasn't doing my part. Mm. When I wasn't even doing my part. That's good. This God we serve. Ooh. <laughs> This God. Good, good father. This God. Good, good This God that we serve. If you could just hold on a little while longer. If you could just hold out. If you could just cry out a little louder. It says one translation, not the translation I sent you, but it says, so they call, it says when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. Mm. He still, Bartimaeus still had his part to play. In the encounter. So good. So good. We still have a part. It wasn't like it, God is not, uh, he doesn't have ego. He, Jesus is not like, oh, let me go just show the people what I can do. I can just walk over there. And do. He said, tell them to come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is muscle. That is spiritual strength. Mm-hmm. And when the man that the people were saying be quiet to, when he got up, everybody's watching. And not to give Bartimaeus any glory, but for God to get the glory. God is showing us we have a part to play in our own peace. It says, so they called him. Cheer up, they said. The same folks that were saying, shut up, like, hey, (laughs) Jesus wants you now. Come on. Cheer up, friend. They said, come on, he's calling you. And it says, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Now, when I did some study in the culture, some of the people that were disabled or had some things going on with them, whether it was leprosy or blindness or epilepsy or something like that, they had to wear an identifying garment Mm -hmm. that marked them as unclean and or flawed. So when it says that Bartimaeus got up and threw off his coat, Come on. that was an act of faith and worship. He was like, I'm yes, leaving ma'am. the old man behind. He just called me. I'm coming. There Free. was no guarantee. Jesus didn't say, come so I can heal you. He said, tell him to come to me. He says he jumped up and threw off his coat, and yeah. he came to Jesus. Good. And Good. he still had his part to do. Guess what Jesus says? What do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah, Don't yeah. play games with God. God is not these people on TikTok or people we've been in relationship with. Because we could say in arrogance, well, you already know what I need you to do. No. What, what is it that you want? According to your faith, be it unto you. 
So Bartimaeus could have said, you know, he could have been one of those people that felt like, okay, well, I'm just going to be real, real humble, and I'm not going to be arrogant and ask for anything for myself. But if you could just help my mom and them, then they need a house, and he still would have been blind. You know, because sometimes we think that that's humility. Well, I'm not going to ask. There is a place for grace, but when you need something from God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you've come this far, people have already told you to shut up, and then you, you done loud, and then you've been, been loud, and then Jesus hears you, and decide, it just it says that we are to come boldly before the throne of grace, and there we shall obtain mercy Good. to help us. Good. When you are made whole, you can help mom and them. Put the oxygen on yourself first. There it is. So that you can be. What good is is it? There it is. To go and stand in proxy, even though we have times for somebody else, and you still busted. That is no witness. And and we, 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 we have come through some busted seasons and doing the will of God. What do you want me to do for you? This is in verse 41. Jesus asks. That was God's part. Bartimaeus said, my rabbi. Remember, this is not a man who's been going to church. He just heard about him as he would sit out on the side of the road. Rabbi means teacher. He said, oh, my teacher. Yeah. Because when you've got God's attention, just make it plain. He already knows, but how big is your want to? He said, uh, my rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. That's my part, just being honest. I need you to fix me, Jesus. You see my brokenness. And you see all those around me that's taunting me about it, and they don't even want me to get whole, but I'm here with you now. It says, and Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Can you see that Bartimaeus had such strong faith and want to? Jesus ain't have to lay his hands on him. He didn't make any mud in the ground. He just said, go. Hmm. Bartimaeus received what he wanted based off of everything he had done for himself. Seeking desperately for an encounter with the man who could do something about his circumstances. It says instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. You seek encounters with God. We've had so many times where people have walked through seasons with us and God does something for them and guess what? We don't ever see them again. It's like oh God did it and and they're gone. Not like they even left to another church. They figured that, you know, oh, life is well, and so I'm just going to do what I want to do. We have a part to play in our faith relationship with God. God is not playing games with you. Can you imagine blind Bartimaeus walking around in his Sunday suit, handing out toys at the toy drive, Parking cars in the parking lot, serving as an usher at his church. And all of the people say, wasn't that that blind dude that used to sit out there begging? 
oh, yeah, that was him. See, last week what had happened was he was all yelling and stuff, and the people were like, shut up. And Jesus was like, no, come on to me. And he came, and now he could see. Do you know how many more people came to trust God because blind Bartimaeus can't stop, won't stop. Amen. Can't stop, won't stop. Had another one. You going to tag me now? This is like WCW. It's my time to jump in the ring. Well, not quite because you see these notes right here. My mind. But I, I, I think we'll just lay it on, on down. Okay. That, that was a good one, so I'll tag you. Awesome word, baby. Thank Encounters. You. Somebody show your love for Pastor Wendy. Encounters. If you're going to protect your peace, listen, number one, pray. Number two, seek encounters with God. Here's the third one. Uh, uh, what letter is this? A? A. Uh, Y'all ready? Here it is, man. Authenticity. Just, just do you, boo-boo. Listen, a lot of the peace we lose is sometimes because we pretend to be something we're not. And one of the reasons we pretend to be what we're not is because we succumb to the pressures of the people around us. Listen, it's okay this Christmas to be a gift to yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're tired, tell them you ain't hosting Christmas dinner this year. There are things robbing your peace. And one of the things robbing your peace is other people's expectations of you. And you are afraid to be authentically you. Because you're afraid of what they're going to say. Let me tell you This year, I said, ain't nobody cooking no Thanksgiving dinner in this house. Baby, you're going to rest. Don't play yet. Don't play yet, Doc. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just getting started, man. <laughs> no, yeah. This ain't the Oscars. This ain't the Grammys. <laughs> Pump the brakes. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I'm going to go fast. No, I promise you I'm going to go fast. Promise, promise. So, you know what I say? I say, you know what? We just going to get somebody else to cook Thanksgiving dinner. We ain't ever going to do that again, but <laughs> tell the truth, shame the devil. Yeah, it just, it, it hit different. <laughs> Said, no, baby. I would tell you the, the, where we got, but I, you know. Yeah, I can. But you know what we're doing? For me and my wife said, you know what? We ain't going to let anybody pressure us into doing something we don't feel like doing. That's how you protect your peace. You live authentically. And sometimes, no 
is a complete sentence. When you say no, resist the temptation to explain why you said no. Most of us lose our peace because we're going into battle against Goliath wearing Saul's armor. Saul thought he was doing something good. and said, David, if you're going to fight that real big giant, take my armor and use it. David put it on. Didn't fit. And David said, I'm going to go into battle with what I have tested and proven. I'm going to be my authentic self. And that's what God's going to bless. Because God cannot bless who you pretend to be. If you're going to protect your peace this holiday season, be authentic. Uh, I'm going to go a little further with this. Y'all want to know why? Because I, I, was, I was minding my own business. And all of a sudden on the news, Eric, they announced the Oxford, word, Oxford Dic- Dictionary Word of the Year. So every year, the Oxford Dictionary, they have their Word of the Year. And everybody was, you know, all the, all the anchors were trying to guess what the Word of the Year was. Anybody see that? Anybody know what the Word of the Year, Oxford Dictionary Word of the Year is? Goblin mode. That's what I said. Anybody ever hear goblin mode? Listen, they surveyed over 300,000 people. And they had a short list of words, and goblin mode was one of them. And over 300,000 people chose goblin mode as the word of the year. You say, Pastor Rio, what does that have to do with anything? Let me tell you what goblin mode is. Goblin mode is a slang term often used in expressions. Uh, it, it describes a type of behavior, here it is, which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly or greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. Now, at first glance, that sounds negative. But when you dig deeper, what goblin mode is, is simply saying I'm not going to conform to what's popular. When I go goblin mode, I'm not going to do what everybody else is doing. I'm going to do what's necessary and good for me. Let me go a little bit further. Although first seen on Twitter in 2009, Goblin Mode went viral on social media in February of 2022, quickly making its way into newspapers and magazines after being tweeted in a headline. The term then rose in popularity over the months following as COVID lockdown restrictions eased in many countries and people ventured out of their homes more regularly. Here it is. Seemingly, goblin mode captures the prevailing mood of individuals who reject the idea of returning to normal life. It also refers to people who have rebelled This is huge. Against the increasingly unattainable aesthetic standards and unsustainable lifestyles exhibited on social media. You know what Goblin Mode is about? It is about living authentically. Because what you and I see on social media is unsustainable. 
and it is unattainable. It is life that is edited with filters. That, that even you, right now, window dressing, yeah. Right now, you go on Facebook, social media, everybody doing the AI thing now. In the word of the year, over 300,000 people said, this speaks to where I am right now. I'm going to go goblin mode. I'm going to be my authentic self. I ain't going to put on another filter. Notice how I was describing it. It's self-indulgent. I'm just going to be about me. I'm going to be lazy. I'm going to be slovenly. I ain't going to put on no makeup. I ain't going to fix my hair. What you see is what you get. And there is something about living authentically that will allow you to restore your peace again. So how do you protect your peace? Number one, pray. Number two, pursue encounters with God. Number three, just be, I promise you, just be your authentic self. And you'll experience the peace of God. Pastor Wendy. The C in peace is community. Uh, in the Bible, as we were, when I came up with this, I thought, oh, community, the word is just like so basic. But it is so necessary. Uh, and goblin mode is not anything toxic where you shut people out right. and you're like, no, I don't need anybody. I'm by myself. No, it's doing what you need to do in those moments right. to protect your own peace, like not having Thanksgiving dinner or saying, I won't be able to make it or I can't be there this time, but this is what I can do. But community is so important. In the Bible, every year that the years, over the years, we've studied this, they keep changing the number. Mm. So it's, I think, because the translations change. Right. In, the, in speaking of community, the phrase that came to me was one another. There are between 100, 100 and 113 times mm. that the phrase one another is used in uh, the New Testament. And I wanted to just quickly go over 10 reasons why we need community. If you have been hurt, especially in church, or um, you've just had, for women, uh, especially we can subscribe to, you know, I don't fool with a whole lot of women because they just messy. No, it was those three from two years ago that was messy, but everybody is not messy. But we will make a silent vowel and vow and put everybody in the same box, and we think, I'm good all by myself. Mm-mm. Mm. God didn't even give that example. It was God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit power. God does not even work exclusively by himself. Mm. And so community is huge. A part of us protecting our peace is having community and not just me and my four and no more not just my family even though community starts with your family there are gifts and graces that you have to contribute and gifts and graces that you have that other people need here are 10 reasons why we need community community challenges you to be more like Jesus good don't let Good. people tell you stuff without having the word of God to back it up. And so you'll have this in your notes. Number two, community meets practical needs. Good. You, that's why we're doing outreaches. A lot of the people that we'll be uh, giving, uh, uh, sowing into, they don't attend Converge. But when we show up with our 
converged sweatshirts on on Saturday and our tennis shoes and we have our hot chocolate and our coffee and we're giggling about the tree that we put up or the tree that we didn't or how you don't go to the place where we went for Thanksgiving dinner. We are creating community (laughs) (laughs) with one another. It is huge and it meets practical needs. If you're, we're talking, let me tell you, Malak called us and said, hey, you know, I just, uh, can you come by my school? And so we went to, to just pray over her school. She owns uh, daycares as part of the business that she has. And so we went to pray. While we were there praying, we noticed her office. And in noticing her office, we had just closed on the church. Pastor Ray just simply sent a group text. The three of us were on it. Hey, where did you get your furniture from? We had no idea the decorator this girl is. She said, oh, she never even answered. She said, oh, whatever I get, I, I, I spend money on these certain things, but everything else is on discount. And so he said, okay, because we need to spruce up the office. That was like 1230 on Sunday. By 5 o'clock, she was like, can you call Patrick to let me in the church? Yeah. And she just decorated his whole office. And I was like, ooh. I got like 23 trees that need to go up at the church. Can you come in? Community. She, we call, she called us just for prayer, and we discovered a hidden decorator. And so that's what you find in community. We had a practical need. That is not my anointing. I could tell you 59 scriptures right now, but what color needs to go and if it needs curtains and where do we put these little Christmas elves right here and does it match with this right? I know it looks good, but I don't, that is just not how my brain is wired. I struggle. I look at Pinterest. I struggle with figuring it out. But community caused me to discover she's not the only one. But we just didn't know that she could do it. And she had an opportunity. She met a practical need. Other things, sometimes you're in community and you need a car or something. We weren't even complaining or asking for a car. We had just had Levi. The Oma and Pape were living with us. Those are raised parents. So it was me, Ray, the Oma and Pape, and Levi and myself, six people in the house. Part of his job at the church where we were was singles pastor. And we had one car. And so sometimes, you know how you say, somebody see you after church, why are you waiting? Oh, you know, Ray is coming to get me or Wendy's coming to get me because we just had the one car. Amy and Lonnie would remember this. Ray is the singles pastor. And a gentleman, after we had Levi, said, you know what, Pastor Ray? I had saved up some money. I was going to buy me a toy. But I decided you guys just need to be able to move a little free and bought us a whole minivan. There is nothing in my life that wanted to drive a minivan. (laughs) But y'all, I drove that minivan like it was a Mercedes with my babies in the back. And it wasn't a little busted minivan. I could put on movies. And it was blue, and the devil tried to steal my blessing in front of the Walmart. This girl who didn't even have insurance to total my little blue minivan. But that's all right. I had good insurance from State Farm. Went and boom, got me another minivan. Had to pick one out myself. (laughs) And named her Savannah. And Savannah got me to see my granny three or four times in Montgomery before she went to see Jesus. And Savannah was good to us. And why? 
The particular gentleman that decided to buy us the minivan, he had a child that had been in a terrible accident and had caused vehicular homicide. And when he was going to court, guess where we were? In court. As character, we weren't even lead pastors. We just walked through the season because he was a human being. He was a father that was trying to be there for his son. And when we had a need, just because we showed up to church, he said, I'm going to bless you. And I love how I had already told my girlfriend, Christy, in Atlanta, ooh, girl, I would never drive a minivan. <laughs> but I'm so glad I have a testimony. I had two. And the Lord graduated me from the minivan to the expedition. Y'all see Bluebell out there? We name every car. Bluebell is 2008, has over 200,000 miles, and she just, she, she get twitches and hiccups, but honey, Bluebell <laughs> is faithful. And I'm not going to get rid of her because she delivered me from the minivan ministry. Anyway. I'm going to keep going. Funny. Why we need community? Community carries you emotionally. <laughs> community carries That's you funny. emotionally. That's good. When you That's show good. up and you're not looking kind of quiet and somebody say, how you doing? You're like, I'm all right. And you're not all right. It might not be the time if the usher asks you how you're doing to just stop and say, you know what, I'm just having a hard time. It might not be the time. But that usher will see you and say, how are you doing? And then somebody else will go and say, you good? And they're not trying to get in your business. What they are saying is, I see you. Yeah. Community That's carries good. you emotionally. Community reveals your gifts and talents. Community. All Malak was doing was being a parishioner. But in the midst of that, gifts and talents were revealed. She's like, okay, I'm not going to lead a prayer and I'm not going to lead Bible study. But guess what? She found a niche where she can just be so amazing in the kingdom of God by making things very, very beautiful. Number five, community opens your eyes to the needs of others. Like the toy drive, we can live so well in our day-to-day, -day, we forget. It might be unthinkable to us that people right here in McKinney don't have coats for their children or are struggling paying rent, working hard every day, doing everything right, and still not making enough. And so community helps us to open our eyes to can the I, needs can of I other jump people. In real quick, uh, to your point, I'm yes. going to go real fast. Okay. And, and the reason I want to do this, and we're going to wrap up here uh, in a few minutes, but the reason I want to say this, I met with uh, the founder of Streetside Showers, Streetside Showers. That's the organization we're partnering with and we're collecting all the winter clothing for. And I had a lot of questions for him, but I, one of the questions I asked was around why are we dealing with this? Uh, epidemic of homelessness here in Collins County. He gave me all the numbers. One of the things that he said that really struck me was he said 50% of our guests, that's what, he, that's what he calls them, 50% of our guests have jobs. They just can't afford to live in Collins County. He says they come and they make enough money to get a room at an extended stay place for two or three days, 
and they go back to living in their car. That's happening right here in our city. And a lot of times we make judgments about people why they're homeless, but these are people who are employed who just can't afford an $1,800 a month one-bedroom apartment. And there is money available through programs that will pay their deposit and their first three months' rent, but those apartments won't accept them as tenants. And that is the dilemma that we're dealing with right here in Collin County. And again, I, I digress. I don't want to go into this, but one of the reasons that we believe God has called us to to serve this community is to be a part of the solution uh, to, to that problem. Yeah. But let's go, let's go quickly. So All we can right, get number six, here. community empowers your relationship with God. Number seven, community meets your need for love. You see that Good. there's a need that we have for love. We may have tried to bury it or that need has been broken or abused or abandoned, but we are wired for community and for love. Number A, community offers opportunities for confession, mm. which leads to healing. Good. Now, you don't, you don't have to tell everybody in the prayer circle at Bible study what you're going through, but you may be able to connect with someone that knows what you're going through. We know that our, our very own Lolita just lost her uh, her, her bonus son to, to, to gun violence. Well, Tammy lost her nephew. It wasn't to gun violence. But out of all the people here, no matter how much we love Lolita, we cannot really understand the pain she's going through. But you know who can? Tammy. And so when Lolita was up here just really struggling in her grief, guess who came back to pray over her? Tammy. And so having being in community helps us. That didn't have anything to do with confession, but I thought it was good to fit in right there. Number nine, community teaches you to work through conflicts. So guess what? As long as you have one other person outside of yourself, you're going to have conflict. You can have conflict with yourself. Do I want to wear this? Does it look good? I don't know. Why is my hair acting funny? You could just have, you, you know, all by yourself. Community teaches you, don't just come here and say, I don't even really like the way Pastor Wendy looked at me or the way she said that, and then you go to another church. No, we need to have a talk about it. And I'm not trying to be right. I have found in situations where I said, oh, Andrea, that wasn't what I meant. That was too strong. And we talk about it. And she has a relationship where years ago when we were first going together and getting to know each other, she would say, can I talk to you about something? When this happened, I felt, and then I could say, oh, that wasn't what it meant. Or, oh, well, we, and working through it, conflict matures you. And it gives you a safe space. When you can get on the other side of conflict, you can actually see someone's heart. You can see, oh, it wasn't about that moment. And so don't shy away from, we are not talking about abuse, abnormal use of, that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about hurt feelings, misunderstanding that needs to have a, a conversation. W when you said this, is that exactly what you meant? 
And a person can say, yes, this is why. And you can have an aha moment. But community helps us, gives us opportunities to work through conflict. And number 10, community gives you a chance to forgive. That's good. God will never judge you by what somebody else did to you. God's not going to say, oh, they just acted like a baboon. You are off the hook because you cussed them out and bust out all their car windows. Nope. <laughs> God will judge us how we respond. And for the believer, forgiveness is not an option. We don't forgive them to let them off the hook. We forgive them to set ourselves free. Good. Nobody yeah. deserves to live rent-free in your head and your mm. heart. That, that blocks out That's capacity good. for Christ. Good, good, very and good. And so you, for, you don't even need them to know that you forgive them. You can just release them to the Lord and you see them and make your stomach feel funny and you just mad all over again. That just means you just go back into prayer and say, Lord, I don't even really like how my, my stomach felt. I have had people to call me just to see their name on the caller ID. I'm like, <laughs> and guess that that was not an indication of who they were that was an indication of where i right. needed to get in my own emotion right because then i was not being my authentic self because i'm in the car like and then i say hey how you doing yeah. i've been delivered with a t so if i say hey to you I, i'm not but you know <laughs> it gives us an opportunity to forgive and sometimes we forgive ourselves for not having compassion and mercy on them. Everybody has a story, and yeah. people do do wrong, and they have done wrong. I'm not minimizing it. All I'm trying to show us is that we have our part to play in preserving our own peace, and, it, and community is a part of that. Awesome. Awesome. Those, those, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Those 10 things are available uh, in your notes. Uh, I think we have a graphic that we can put on the screen that show people how to get to the sermon notes on you version. But this is where we close. Listen, if you're going to protect your peace, here's the E. If you're going to protect your peace this Christmas season, uh, you have to deal with expectations. Now deal with expectations. Now deal with your expectations. And what does that mean? I'll just give you this one thought. I'll give you this one thought that I think will help you. If you're gonna protect your peace this Christmas season, manage your expectations instead of trying to change their behavior. We, we, could, we could just linger there for a while. If you're going to have peace this holiday season, Instead of trying to change their behavior, the people that get on your last nerve, the people you don't necessarily care for, instead of trying to change them, manage your expectations. Notice John chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. This is from the New Living Translation. It says, because of the miracle, miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust him. So Jesus was doing all these signs. All these people put their faith and their trust in him because he was performing for them. They trusted him because of what he could do for them. But notice Jesus' response. It says, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature. 
for he knew what was in each person's heart. What does that mean? A lot of times we try to change people's behavior and we leave very little room for their humanity. And the problem is we, 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 we judge people by their actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions. Y'all missed that. The way you maintain your peace this holiday season, your expectation, manage your expectations for people. And you know how I do that? I remind myself often of how much mercy I need. And if you can remind yourself of how much mercy you need for yourself, it will put you in a position to be that much more gracious with people. Don't try to change their behavior. Manage your expectations. And the way you do that is you make room in your heart and in your life for other people's humanity. This is not in my notes, but I've got to say it. Is there any way we can put Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 from the New Living Translation? Ephesians 4 and 2 from the New Living Translation, and that's where we're going to close. As they're finding that text, Listen, the scripture says that Jesus' name would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So if you're going to protect your peace, here it is. You're not going to try to change their behavior. You know that, that cousin you got. that you dread that they're going to show up for Thanksgiving or Christmas or the reunion and you're constantly trying to change their behavior. Maybe the way you maintain your peace this holiday season is not by trying to change them, but you manage your expectations. And let me show you how. Here it is. Every now and then, choose to be humble. No, always. Instead of trying to change their behavior, always be humble Humble meaning, I'm going to remind myself of how much mercy I need. And I'm going to be gentle. Not harsh, but gentle. You know, you know the, 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 the animosity that you store up? And you're just waiting for one opportunity to unleash it? The venom, the vitriol? Said no, always be humble. Remember how much you need God's grace and mercy and be willing to extend it to them. Always be humble and gentle. Here it is. Be patient with each other. You know what it means to be patient? It means learning to move at somebody else's pace. Meaning, just because you got it the first time doesn't mean that everybody else is going to get it as quickly as you got it. Just because you figured it out on the first try doesn't mean that everybody else is going to be able to do it at your pace. And patience is learning to move at somebody else's pace. So just because you're ahead of them doesn't mean they're going to be able to catch up with you as quickly. Could you just slow down this holiday season for them? Always be patient. Here it is. Making allowance 
for each other's faults. Meaning when you gather around that dinner table this Christmas, make room around that table. Not just for perfect people. Not just for people who do it the way you want them to do it. Not just for people who, uh, who people that, 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 that do it your way. Around that table, make sure you make an allowance. You create space, not for the things they do well, but for their faults. Why? Because of your love. Because of your love. So you can't change their behavior. But what you can do is manage your expectations. And the way you manage your expectations is Ephesians chapter 4 and 2. Let's pray. Father, I pray that this, this word will bear much fruit in our hearts this Christmas season. Jesus, you came not only to restore hope and joy, but you also came to restore our peace. And so, Lord, would you help us in the days and the months and the weeks to come to be peacemakers, to be peacemakers. Your word says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall see God. We trust you to do that in and through our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. Did that help anybody this morning? Awesome. Why don't you stand with us? Let's take it down just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. Stand with us. Uh, we want to pray, want to bless you out. Very important. Uh, follow us on social media. Uh, we'll let you know specifically about the Christmas toy giveaway. We're still waiting on some details that we don't have yet. It's supposed to be tentatively uh, on Saturday, right? Saturday morning. We still don't have the times. So we're waiting to get that information. You heard uh, from the Arringtons last year they distributed just under 7,000 toys. It was over 6,000, about 6,700 pieces. Uh, that's going to take a lot of sorting. We're going to have to sort by gender and by age, right? So the, the tentative timeline we have is for uh, Thursday and Friday to sort by gender and by age, and then the distribution will happen on Saturday. We're still waiting to get that information. Follow us on social media. Check your email because we're going to send out that information. We would love to have your hands and your hearts as we serve our community. Last thing is, next Sunday is Christmas at Converge. It is going to be our Christmas worship experience. We're super, super, super excited about that. This is what that also is. December 18th is our final service for 2022. Because the Sunday following is Christmas Day. We ain't going to be here. Uh, now. We, we thought about doing a New Year's Eve service. Uh, it would have been our first New Year's Eve service, man, just a crossover in this building. What we also realized is that, man, a handful of people, that 80-20 rule, 20% of the people have been doing 80% of the work. And it has been a grind since we closed on September 1st. So most of our team, including me and Pastor Wendy, we are exhausted. There are a lot of churches that are doing multiple New Year's Eve services. I mean, not New Year's Eve, multiple Christmas Eve services. They're doing New Year's Eve services. Some churches are doing service on Christmas Day. We're going to do what works for us. And one of the things that's important, and I want you to encourage you to do this, in your own life, create margin.
you were not created to live at 100% all the time. Jesus gave that, that model to us at creation. Worked six days, rested one. Jesus in his earthly ministry a lot of times would withdraw to a solitary place. And when he came out of that solitary place, there were hurting people waiting for him. You know what that means? Jesus left hurting people who needed him so he could rest. We ain't going to be here after December 18th. The next time we're going to have a service in this building is going to be January 1st on New Year's Day. We're going to start 2023 in the house of the Lord. And what I encourage you to do is while we're not meeting, use that time to connect with God. Use that time to connect with other people in the service and use that time to get some rest so you can recover because you can't pour from an empty cup. And for most people in this room, you're not experiencing the peace of God because your cup is empty. And people are steady trying to tip the cup to see what they can get out of it. Listen, from December 19th to December 31st, we ain't going to be doing no church here. So that you can rest, so that you can recover and prepare to start the year in the house of the Lord on January 1st. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We appreciate you. We honor you. And God, it's a simple act of faith. Believing that Sabbath rest is what you have ordered and what you have ordained. So God, for the people who have not been able to experience peace or are just exhausted, just tired, running on fumes. God, as we rest, as we choose to rest, it's an act of faith. Father, we thank you that you will minister restoration and healing and recovery to our physical bodies, to our hearts, and to our minds. And now, Lord, we ask that you would bless us and keep us, that you would make your face shine upon us, that, God, you would turn your countenance toward us and be gracious unto us, and that, God, you would give us your peace, your peace that passes all understanding, that it would guard our hearts and it would guard our minds in Christ Jesus for your glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week for Christmas at Converge. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some materials to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you would like more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch@weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give by texting 77977 and send Converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano, and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.